0: For blessings. We pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity, and we pray for your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know your need? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? When friends betray If your healing comes through tears and what, what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know your need what if my greatest disappointment life. The rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise.
1: Good morning. Wasn't that a beautiful song? And she sings it so well, too. What if our trials of this life are just His mercies in disguise? And they are. Trials are a blessing. And when God uses them in our life, He does great things through them. it's a beautiful song. Shall we just open once more in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful for the trials of this life. So many times we don't Like it when they come to us, we wish they would end sooner than they do. But we thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your loving kindness that gets us through. And we thank you that you have a message for us today, Lord. And we pray that you will speak to our hearts clearly and powerfully through the Holy Spirit. Lord, hide me behind the cross. And we pray that the Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified today, our Savior and our Lord and our Redeemer. And we pray, Lord, that you will touch us. And if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Christ, we pray that today will be the day of their salvation. And so we commit this time to you and pray that you will lead us, you will guide us by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, the church is made up of individuals all over the world, people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. One church. And one thing that we all have in common as believers is that we're just ordinary folk. We're just ordinary people, just common people. We're not great people. The world doesn't see us as great at all. In fact, that they see us many times as the opposite. But we're special to the Lord, and yet we're just common. We're just common, ordinary jars of clay, as it were, as it says in the scriptures in 2 Corinthians. And it's a blessing to know that whether people in the Old Testament or the New Testament or ever since then, and even down to this present day, God uses common, ordinary people that He chooses, that He saves, that He empowers to do some very special and extraordinary things. We see it when we read the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. and We see it even today. And you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be highly educated. You don't have to be well Uh, spoken and be fluent in speech and all of that kind of thing. You just have to love the Lord and just desire to be used of Him, and He will use you in a big way. We sang this morning, little is much when God is in it. We come to Him as little, and He turns it into much for His glory. The title of our message today is, God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. And I like that because I'm nothing special in myself. And none of us are. We're ordinary. But when God, who is extraordinary, can work through ordinary people like us, it gives glory to Him. Because people will see it's not about us and how good we are or how great we are. No, it's about Him. This way the message will go forth. Paul said to the, to the saints, he said, I wanted, I'm determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Don't, he didn't want the attention or the spotlight to be on Him, but he wanted the attention and the spotlight to be on Jesus Christ. And so that's the way it should always be in our life. It's not about us, it's about Him. And we're going to read this morning from Paul's letter to 1 Corinthians Chapter 26, verses 29, because we'll start with this, because it goes to show exactly what we have as believers and how we are in this world today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world, to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. There'll be no person in heaven, including any of us, that we'll ever be able to glory in ourselves, saying, we made it, we did it, we deserve to be here. It's not the case whatsoever. And today we're going to look at the life of a man in the Old Testament that may not be familiar to you. In fact, some of you may not have ever heard his name before. He's not a household word in, in the churches today, and I can probably guarantee this will probably be the only message around the whole world maybe today that is on this person And I can probably, if you looked on the internet, you probably won't find too many sermons that have ever been given on it before, although Adol mentioned to me Sylvia has spoken on it before, and she's covered a lot on these things very well, too. But the person we're going to talk about today is one of the judges in the book of Judges. He's the third judge, and his name is Shamgar, Shamgar. Shamgar was the third judge and he is a perfect example of what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 to 29. Just a common ordinary person. The people of the world would despise him and think he's nothing, he's a nobody, nothing special. And yet God chose to use him in a big way, in a marvelous way in the book of Judges and we're going to see what God did through him. And so let's look at, turn in our Bibles to Judges chapter 3, verse 31. And that's our text today. This man's name is only found twice in the Bible once in Judges chapter 3, verse 31, and then over in Judges chapter 5 and verse 6 as well. And today we're going to look at this portion. Let's read it first, and then we'll put up the the outline on the screen. Judges chapter 3, verse 31, reading from the New King James Version. And after him, and that was the previous judge, after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. May God bless the reading of his word. We're going to look today at three things from the life of Shamgar that seem to summarize it for us, number one, who he was, number two, what he did, and number three, what God did through him. And may God bless his word to our lives today. We don't know very much about him. When you read these verses, you don't have a full biographical sketch of him. Like we do of so many characters in the Bible. We know where where they were born many times. We knew how many siblings they had. We knew where they were from. We don't know that in this case. And God wants to impress upon our hearts that he can use anybody. He can use everybody who is saved and surrendered to him. He can use you just like he used Shamgar. He can use you in a big way. He can use us if we're willing. And judging from this text, from what we do know about him, he was a farmer. Because we can tell that because he had an ox goad, which means he had oxen. And what they used to do when they plowed the field is they would usually have two oxen. They would have them yoked up, and they would have the ox pull the, the plow, and they would plow up and down in the field. And those oxen, they were huge, big, strong animals. Can you imagine how would you ever control those big, huge animals, the ox goad was used for that. And we're going to see how he used it here in a different way. And he was the son of Anath, and he was from a town called Beth-Anath in Naphtali. And he was from the same tribe as another judge, which was Barak. And he came on the scene for such a short moment, and yet God used him in that moment. And that speaks to me because when there's a moment and an opportunity to serve the Lord, that may be the only moment you have to serve the Lord in that way. And if you don't take advantage of it like he took advantage of it here, you can lose out on the blessing. And God can raise somebody else up to get the blessing to serve him. And so we see Shamgar was at the right place, at the right time, and he did the right thing. And that was what made him special in this sense. And what he did was he delivered Israel from the power of the Philistines. And that's a great thing in these days. And you know, he didn't let his limitations limit him because he was serving a limitless God. He didn't let his disabilities hinder him. He was able to serve the Lord with what he had at that moment. And so that was what, it was such a blessing You know, sometimes we can let things, we let our limitations limit us from serving the Lord. We say, well, I am not a good speaker. I can't get up and sing. I can't do this. I can't do that. I've got limitations. But you know what? God has no limitations. He has no limitations at all. And if he chooses to use you, he's going to use you, despite your weaknesses, despite your failures, despite your limitations and weaknesses he's going to use you. I love that verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse and chap, sec, chapter 1 and verse 7. 2 Timothy 1:7 that says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." This could also apply to our friend Shamgar here as we see him fighting against 600 Philistine soldiers. One man fighting against that. He had to put his fears aside. He had to put his limitations aside. He had to put his weaknesses aside and trust in God's power. And when he did that, God brought the victory. God brought the deliverance. And that's where the blessing is. We oftentimes remember that line in the movie that Clint Eastwood said, a man's got to know his limitations, right? Well, That's true, Clint, in the world, yes, a man has to know his limitations. But when when God is in it, we don't have limitations because we're not limited by what we can do. We're limited only by what God can do. And because He can do all things, we can see God do wonderful things. He can do mighty things. He can do extraordinary things through common, ordinary people. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things... Through Christ who strengthens me now truly we have limitations if we say it this way I can do all things no we can't we can't do all things can we not in ourselves anyway but when you put Christ in the equation through Christ in there then we can do all through things through Christ who strengthens us if God says do it it's my will and we do it he'll give us the power He'll give us the grace and the strength to accomplish it. And that's what Shamgar did. He was a small man with a big God. And that's us, too. We're small, common, ordinary people, but we have a great God. So that's who he was. Now let's look at what he did. And what he did is amazing. And what he did was defeat 600 Philistine soldiers with a spear? No. With a sword? No. With a backup army behind him, following him up with bows and arrows and all kinds of fighters? No. One man with an ox goat in his hand. One man with an ox goat in his hand. He did it. It reminds me of another judge in the book of Judges whose name was Samson. And he did something similar. It says in Judges chapter 15 and verse 15, it says, He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey reached out his hand and took it and killed 1,000 men with it. And guess what? Those 1,000 men were Philistines. There's a common theme this morning, the Philistines. And he defeated the Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. And here Shamgar defeated the Philistines with an ox goad. And it's an amazing story. I'd like to think that Shamgar may have inspired Samson And I'd like to think that Shamgar also inspired some of the mighty men of David too because David's mighty men did some great things also, trusting in God. There was one by the name of Shammah who's found in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 12 where it says of him. It says he stationed himself in the middle of the field, and it was a lentil field, he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines, and so brought about a great victory. One man defeating the enemy. We can, You say, well, how can one person do that? You can't. But when God is in it, yes, you can. Because like we heard the song this morning said, little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. And that's what he did. He went in Jesus' name. And so when he went to fight, the only thing he had available to fight with was an ox goad. And so he took what he had to fight the battle that was in front of him. And so it's amazing. An ox goad was about eight feet long, and it had two ends to it. One end was a sharp pointed end that they used to prod the ox with. And on the other end was a spaded end which they used to clean the, the, the plow with. So it had two ends to it. And it was a big, long thing. It wasn't easy to handle like a sword or a spear or anything. This big, long ox goad. But he used what he had. He used what he had. And God brought a victory for him through it. And you can imagine when the oxes are going along and they're big, huge oxen, you've got to give them a little little prod once in a while, right? And so he didn't push it too hard, but he would use the ox goad and he was used to it. He'd get up in the morning and go out and plow the field and he would push that ox goad and make the the oxen go. Little did he know when he woke up that morning that he wasn't going to be using the ox goad for the oxen that day. He was going to be using it to fight the Lord's battle against 600 oxen highly trained, highly qualified, mean, difficult soldiers of the Philistines. I mean, even in David's day, they were still fighting the Philistines. They couldn't conquer them. And it was amazing But God can conquer them. Warren Wiersbe, in his commentary, says this. He says, he was a man who obeyed God and defeated the enemy, even though his resources were limited. Instead of complaining about not possessing a sword or a spear, Shamgar gave what he had to the Lord, and the Lord used it. We might feel like that sometimes, don't we? We don't have much to give. We don't have much to offer. How can you use me, Lord? Well, if he can use Shamgar, he can use us, and he can use the little that we have. It reminds us of the story of the young lad who went out, and his mom and dad sent him off to go see Jesus and hear from him. They sent him off with a lunch of five loaves and a few fish. And so when all the people were hungry and they were looking for food, they turned to this little lad who gave his five loaves and the the few fish that he had for his lunch. And when he gave it to Jesus and they took it and he blessed it and he looked up to heaven and he blessed it, he took those five loaves and a few small fish and he fed over 5,000. And that reminds us here, it doesn't matter how little we have, when God is in it, He can use it in a big way. He can use it in a special way. He can use it in an extraordinary way, and He can cause it to be a blessing. And there's some examples of Scripture where this is true. And these are just a few of them, but they blessed my heart when I was meditating on them through the Word. David used a sling and a stone to bring down the giant who also, common theme, was the Philistine. And so he brought him down with a sling and a stone. And he says, I don't come against you with a spear and and a javelin like you come against me. I come against you in the name of the Lord. And he took down that giant with a sling and a stone. Jael, in the Old Testament, J-A-E-L, the lady, she was a wife of Heber, the Kenite. And she used a hammer and a tent peg to drive it into the head of the king of Sisera, the enemy, and killed him right on the spot. She used what she had. She did what she could. And God blessed her for it. Here's one from the New Testament, one I like very much. Her name is Dorcas. She used a needle and thread to make quilts for the people of God. And when she died, they were so sad. And then the apostle came in. Uh, and they, uh, Peter, and raised her from the dead and gave her back to the people, and they were so thrilled because she had blessed so many with a needle and thread. Small things, common things, common people, but God can use them. Amen. Another one was Moses. He had a rod, and with that rod he did so many things, including parting the Red Sea. He'd lift up that, lifted up that rod, and the, the sea parted, and Israel went through on dry ground. And then Pharaoh and all his army that followed, they, were all, they all perished in the Red Sea. Yes, one common man using one common thing to accomplish God's purposes, and that's what he does. Peter, here's a good one for you. Uh, Randy mentioned this in his message a while back. Peter used a hook and a line to catch a fish that would have a coin in its mouth to pay the temple tax for him and Jesus. Just a hook, just a a fishing line did that. And so it doesn't matter how common we are or how ordinary we are or what we have to bring to the table because God can use it for his glory. And he gets all the glory because we're nothing of ourselves. We're absolutely nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing, nothing. But with him, we can do all things. So that is is the blessing of it. Yes, the hymn we sang this morning, some of the the verse says, Does the place you're called to labor seem so small and little known? It is great if God is in it, and he'll not forget his own. Yes, little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. We don't know very much about the details about this encounter, but I can imagine that he was... About to go off on his day, like we said, and he was about to take the oxen out and plow the field out, and he saw all these Philistine soldiers coming. Now, how would you feel if you're out there, you have no weapons, you have nobody to back you up, and all of a sudden you see coming at you 600 armed soldiers. reminds us of Jacob when he saw Esau coming with 400 armed men to him, and how God had worked in his life and he prayed and when Esau came, there was a reconciliation and there was no, no one killed. But here, he had to act and he had to act quickly. He couldn't call anybody to help him. He had to use what he had. So he had in his hand what? An ox goad. And he used it. And it had a very sharp point on it. And with that ox goad, he killed 600 Philistines. That is an amazing story. It is another instance of showing how God's power can work through common, ordinary people like us, and he can do it for his glory. And he fought the fight and won the battle. J. Vernon McGee puts it this way in his commentary. He says, as in the days of the judges, God still uses ordinary men who want to accomplish his great purposes. God can use you if you want to be used, friends. You know, if you want to be used by God and you come to Him and you present yourself to Him, He will use you. But we have to be humble. We have to be completely reliant on the Lord. We have to trust Him. We have to be surrendered. We have to go forth in His strength and His power and not our own. We have to trust in His understanding and not our own understanding. And when we do that, like Shamgar, we can see victory for the Lord. So that's who He was, and that's what He did. And now we're going to look at what God did through him. The Scripture simply says in chapter three, of verse thirty-one of Judges, "And he delivered Israel." And he delivered Israel. He was a judge, and we all know the story of the book of Judges. It's a cycle. They go from sin to supplication, or to to uh, they go from sin to servitude, to serve the enemies, and then supplication, they pray, and then salvation. It's a cycle through the whole thing. One judge would come up, he'd deliver the people, they'd have peace for a number of years, all of a sudden they'd slip back into their old ways again, worshiping idols, relying on themselves, doing that, and then again God would bring the enemy there to overrule them, conquer them, and then again, they would pray to the Lord and He would raise up another deliverer. But praise God, that's not needed anymore. We don't need the judges anymore. We don't need the prophets of old anymore. Because Jesus was sent down from God above to be our King and our Savior and to die on the cross for us. And no one else is needed. And by His death on the cross, He won the victory over sin. He won the victory over the world. He won the victory over the devil. And he won the victory over our flesh. And when he died for us, he gave us the victory. And what a victory it is. Shamgar had a great victory himself. But that was a temporary one there in that book. Jesus did the full victory on the cross, not a temporary one. He didn't put a band-aid on it. He didn't give you two aspirin and see me in the morning. He died for us once for all to save us from our sins and give us eternal life. And if you're here today and you've never experienced the new life you, we ha- that we have in Jesus Christ, now's the day to do it. Now's the time to do it. Because we don't know what the future holds, how long we're going to be here on this, on this earth. We need to accept him. And only God can bring about such a victory as we've seen here. And it reminded me also the story that uh, Rajiv mentioned a while back too about Jonathan And in 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 6, this is another story that blesses the heart because here was Jonathan, he was a young man, and in these days also the Philistines had done the same thing, they took away all the weapons that Israel had and so they had no weapons. In the days of Jonathan at that point, the only people that had the weapons were Saul and Jonathan, they were the only one, and a lot of the others didn't have them. And so when Jonathan went out, he went out with his arm, armor-bearer, who was a young man, and how's he going to help him, right? A young boy, armor-bearer, all he does is carry the armor. You and he, uh, Jonathan and he, would go up to the garrison of the Philistine. This took courage. This took faith. This took reliance on God, and it says this, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised that it may be the Lord who will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And that's true. God can save by many or He can save by few. He can take many people to win the victory or He can take just one. All it takes is God plus us. That's all. He'll use us if we're willing. The story is told of a great deliverance here. And that word he in this verse, is is not capitalized, meaning he says, he delivered Israel. That means Shamgar. But Shamgar would be the first one to tell you, and when we get to heaven, that he was not the one who did it. Oh yes, he had the ox goat in his hand, and he did fight against the Philistines, but he would be the first to tell you that if it wasn't for the Lord empowering him, he couldn't have done it. He would not have been done it. He would have been killed on the spot. He gave all the glory to the Lord, because the Lord can deliver us from whatever we go through in this life. The story is told of a missionary couple down that were serving the Lord. They were new missionaries. I mentioned this story once before, but it is a great story of God's deliverance. Uh, John Patton was a new missionary in New Hebrides Islands, and One night, some hostile natives surrounded the whole mission station. Can you imagine you're in their mission station and it's surrounded, front, sides, back, everything surrounded by natives with spears and they were not happy and they didn't like having a foreigner there like that and they were going to kill him right on the spot. They were intent on burning down the whole mission station and killing these missionaries. That was their intention and we know from the story. And Patton and his wife prayed that terror-filled night that God would deliver them. And I was wondering, Brother Adel, do you think they might have been praying over that Psalm 91 maybe? Because they were were praying over Psalm 91 probably because they were afraid and they weren't sure what was going to happen but they knew God was in control and they committed it to the Lord. Lord, we need your deliverance. We need your help. Please protect us. From all we're surrounded every which way by all these these people that want to kill us, Lord. And so when daylight came, they were amazed to see all their attackers were leaving. Every single one of them left, everyone. A year later, the chief of the tribe was converted to Christ. Remembering what happened, Patton asked the chief what kept him from burning down the mission station and killing them. The chief replied in surprise: Who were all those men with you there? Patent knew no men were present. But the chief said, but there there were hundreds of big men in shining garments with swords drawn circling the mission station. God delivers his people. He did it for Shamgar. He did it for this missionary couple. He can do it for us too if we trust him. We're just common, ordinary clay. We're just common people, ordinary people. But ordinary people can be used to do extraordinary things when God is in it. Psalm 32, verse 7 says, You, Lord, are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. Our great God can bring about victory through common, ordinary people, using common, ordinary things. I don't know if you have a copy of this book, but if you'd ever like to get it, it's such a blessing. I use it quite a bit. The title of this book is All the Men of the Bible, and it's written by Herbert Locklear. And in this book, he describes Shamgar as the man who was ready when the need arose. And I really like that. He was the man who was ready when the need arose. He didn't say, well, give me five minutes, give me half an hour, give me an hour, let me go get some some, uh, spears, swords, some soldiers. No, he was ready when the need arose. And that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to be prepared and ready. When the need comes, we can serve Him. That means we have to be in prayer. We have to be in His Word. We have to study the Word. We have to know the Word. And so when the time comes, God can use us. He was was a ready man, ready when the need arose. Yes, when he, and someone said when he drove the oxen out that morning, he did not dream that before nightfall, he would accomplish a memorable deliverance for his land. But the call came, and he was ready. Are you ready this morning? Are you ready to, to be used of the Lord? Are you ready when he calls upon you? When he says, now's the time I need you. I need you to serve now. And when the Lord gives us that calling, he gives us his enablement, his grace, his power, to serve him and to, do, to win the victory. Yes, little is much when God is in it. So let's remember today, and let's be inspired by this man's life. I've been inspired by it, and I'm sure he inspired many people since then and even down to this time that read his story in the book of Judges because he was a man who was ready when the need arose. He used what he had to do what he could to see God bring about a great deliverance. Yes, we're just clay, just common jars of clay, ordinary people, but God can use us when we surrender to him and allow allow him to do it. He takes our limitations, he takes our weaknesses, he takes our lack of resources, and for his glory, turns it out into something special. I like the Gaither song that says, something beautiful, something good, All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was emptiness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. And he made something beautiful out of Shamgar's life, and he can make something beautiful out of your life and my life if we're willing to come to him in simple faith and say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Please take over my life and make me the person you want me to be. If you pray that prayer today, he'll come into your life. He'll change your life. He'll make you a special person in his kingdom. And may God help us to be ready, ready to serve him using anything he has given us to do. Yes, ordinary people can do extraordinary things because God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this man, Shamgar, this morning and what he did. He took what he had, that ox goad, and he killed 600 Philistine soldiers that were coming to destroy Israel and to hurt them and harm them. And he, he took the opportunity, Lord, and he did it for your glory. And through your strength and through your power, he had a great deliverance. And so we're thankful, Lord, that whatever we do for you, it's not our strength or wisdom, it's yours. It's not about us, it's about you. And we pray that you will use us, Lord. And we don't know this week about who you're going to use us with. It might be someone at home, it might be someone in the neighborhood, it might be someone at work, it might be someone we meet at a grocery store or a gas station, it might be someone we meet on a BART train or someone we come into contact with. But Lord, help us to be ready people, ready men and ready women, so that when the need arises, we're ready to serve you in whatever way you want us to. Dismiss us now with your blessing, Lord. We give you all the thanks and all the glory for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.